This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast number 310. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts. We'll talk a bit about Cage Warriors. We'll talk a bit about UFC from the weekend and we'll build you up towards UFC 239 as well. Um, if you want to get involved with this show on a regular basis, please hit subscribe. All you've got to do is hit the little button on iTunes. You're looking for Fight Disciples, the two times multi-award winning uh, best sports show at the British Podcast Awards, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Listen, Boom. we big it up on a week-by-week basis. We just want you to come and enjoy the fun. Uh, you can also get a, an Android feed on our website, fightdisciples.com. You want to start with a bit of tunage, don't you? Seeing as that on the boxing show we had a little bit of music, so I think it's only fair that we uh, represent what we saw at the weekend from uh, the UFC. This is how we do it. Is this your new walkout tune? This is how we do it. You've been singing it all morning. Mate, it was class. Drew Dober walking out to this was awesome. To be fair, Minneapolis, in terms of walkout tunes, ticked every box. I like a good walkout tune, ticked every box. We had some absolute belters. This was the best, because it was just original. You walk out something like this, you've got to win as well, haven't you? Got to do the biz. Mate, you can't You can't have a Maybe mega... There was women in the crowd up. taking their underwear off and everything. Was it? Yep. Mm. Um, do you remember Ozzy uh, Usman? Yeah. He was the boy, wasn't he? He had a hell of a walkout, did Ozzy Usman. This is not mixed martial arts related, it's boxing related. He but got he, planted. Mate. He was giving it the big end for a good 10-minute ring walk and he got planted in the first 30 seconds, didn't he? Poor kid. Poor kid. Poor kid. There you go. Obviously, we had a bit of Montel Jordan, I think. Junior DeSantos walked out to a Rocky theme track, which is what yeah. we love. Yeah, but he got beat. Uh, Vince Pichel came out to Highway to Hell by ACDC. That's Absolute the one. belter, of course. Um, that was good. Ricardo Ramos, Stronger by Kanye West. What would you Brilliant go, walkout what, tune. What would you go with? The last time I made the walk, I oh, actually came out. Oh, it is now, it is. I actually came out to Stronger by Kanye West, regrettably. I wish I'd just done the rock. I don't Why? Know. I was being a dick. I don't know. I was Why would you do that? I was fucking young and stupid. Jared Gordon on the prelims came out too. Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. What a fucking walkout tune that is. Why? Out of, stuff. out of all the songs in the world, would I you know. do this? Why would you do that? Because it was the biggest tune at the time. Ten years ago, that was the tune. That was the big. With your knowledge of fight sports, and I know, I know. Don't. I, I, I thought you were the talent. <laughs> no. Yeah. Last time he made the ring walk, by the way, I didn't know him. <laughs> That's what it were. <laughs> See, I'd have, I'd have pulled rank on that. What else did we have? Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. That's I'm a tune. You, Juicy's a tune. Juicy's a hell of a tune. I'm telling you now, UFC Minneapolis could well have been the best walkout tunes of all time. Mm. Some absolute belters on there. Mm. It's just a shame when you have a good walkout tune, like Junior, you walk out to, to the Rocky soundtrack and you don't get the nah, win. It takes the edge off. Listen, exactly that. You're running a risk. If you're doing Rocky, you're running a risk. You have to win the fight. Doing something like this... This is it. This is it. You see, in our, in the boxing world, Dillian White does ACDC. Yeah. Now he goes for back in black. This. Just imagine this. Lights have gone down in the auditorium. Guitar kicks off. Here we go. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here. Especially in Minneapolis. You know yeah. what I mean? How can you not get up and support this fighter walking to the octagon right now? 
That's the one, isn't it? Inspired him as well. Massive underdog going into that fight against that Roosevelt Roberts, but Vince Bichel turned it on, baby. Turned it on. In fact, it was a it was an ACDC-esque performance as well. Lose the first round, twat the guy rounds two and three. Swat the guy, I haven't heard that for ages. <laughs> That's the one, isn't it? It's a good one. That is the one. Because I... Where are you taking me? I'm taking you to hell, baby. <laughs> That's where we're going right now. That is the tune. Yeah. Would you would you go with that over over this? Because I still love this. When when again we're crossing over back to our boxing show. When Dillian walks in, Joel's theme tune, and then all of a sudden, that kicks in. That is beautiful, isn't it? Are you highway to hell? Or are you back in black? Um, neither. 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 What, on the ACDC train? Yeah. Mate, this is just dirty, isn't it? Crowd's going off. Pyrotechnics are going all over the place, mate. <laughs> that is a trite, isn't it? That it's is decent. Go on, what are you going with? Uh, do you know what would get me going? It would probably have to be... I would Out of all them on that card... I would go with Juicy by Notorious. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm so, I thought track, you were going to give me another ACDC track. track. I don't know any more ACDC tracks. You're going with Juicy? I'm going to go with Juicy by uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, just because it's the tune, man, and it's the party time. Let's get it on. Well, do you know what? No one, no one walked out to it here but as a belt, and I'm reminded because I was watching them at Glastonbury at the weekend, but Cypress Hill jump around as well. That's, that, you know, that's they're just locked in, aren't they? They're yeah. solids. You know you're getting the crowd going with anything like that. Do you know something? This might be the original Juicy. We're sat in a random radio studio at this moment in time, so Juicy will not be in this system that I'm messing about with because of all the uh, profanity that comes along with it. That's the original one, isn't it? That's the original. That's Juicy Fruit. That's it where is, it's yeah, taken yeah, yeah. from. It is. Woo-hoo! Here we go. Is that what you're coming into? Turn that off. This is baby-making music. It is, isn't it? Why are you coming into that rather than ACDC? <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> That's the original. A little bit of juicy fruit. Woo! My chocolate star! That's the one, isn't it? That is the one, mate. Let me tell you. Uh, anyway. Do you want to stop with Cage Warriors? Do you want to... Since you've gone ring well, walks on UFC, do you want to go UFC? Or no, do you let's, go just stick, let's just stick with this Minneapolis card, just because. Well, hang on a minute. Oh, well, 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 well. I know what you're going to fucking say. I know what you. I know what you're going to say. This is my moment. And to be honest, we are what seven minutes into this podcast, and yeah. it surprised me already yeah. that you haven't gone down a sparring partner. Yeah. Fucking, I leg kicked him first. That's it. I worked on his. Well, listen. If you were listening to the show JDS last week. I told you what not to do. I told you where, <laughs> I told you where he switches were, yeah? You chuck a little front leg kick out, sunshine. Next thing you know, he switch goes and the fight's over. Same thing happened to me in Vegas, right? I've had a little bit of a knock with Francis. I'm holding me on. Next thing you know, I've, I've left myself open. <laughs> bish, bash, bosh. I'm getting choked out, right? <laughs> to be fair... He didn't have take care of business, did he, Big Frank? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, looked, uh, he looked absolutely brilliant. But to be honest with you, and I, I'll reference Paul Craig on this as well, because, again, Paul Craig, Junior De Santos, both in with massive punches. What do they do? They throw stupid shit. Yeah. Like, that is categorically the, the only thing you don't do in MMA at any level is throw stupid shit. Like, so, that, that should just be the rule. 
The main corner, and that's the main corner rule. Is before that what you, you do if you before you walk to go and walk? You don't just throw say any stupid shit. Whatever you do, don't throw stupid shit. And Junior Santos found this right hand over the top, big bowler from fucking another state, and just went. And big Francis guy, oh here it comes, yeah, you fucking soft twat. In <laughs> nearly pulled, he threw it that wild. Junior De Santos ends up with his back, yeah, to Big Frank, yeah. And you're like, what are you? This is ridiculous. Francis just gets a free shot, a free right hook. It's just he was his own worst enemy. And if you're going to do that at this level, come on. He didn't even size it up. The exchange leg kicks, and you're like, fuck, they take a leg kick. I'll tell you what made me laugh, right? Someone tweeted me yesterday because obviously I'm having a little bit of a joke on social media going, yeah, obviously my sparring partner's done all right and all this. And this lad tweeted me because I put the video of the finish on there. This lad tweeted me going, why did the ref stop that? Wasn't taking any damage. I said, he weren't taking any damage. He was turtled up, mate. He shit his <laughs> pants. He weren't fucking, he weren't taking any damage because he weren't throwing absolutely anything back. Big Frank's raining in. Hammer fists were going. He were smashing underneath the guard, all sorts of stuff. Perfect stoppage. Absolutely no problem with the stoppage whatsoever. <laughs> why, why did he stop that? There's no blood and guts. What's the matter with him, man? He, he's still alive. Junior didn't know what day it was. That's why he stopped it. But uh, yeah, 100% Junior DeSantos' mistake. So he's only got himself to blame. Absolutely well, stupid yes, to throw that huge right hand. Right, you are correct. But I think there's a fear factor with a lot of these lads now. They look at Big Francis and they go, if he touches me, I'm going, right? He's had three fights now since... Um, Stipe. Well, I think... Did he not have uh, Derek Lewis? Or am I thinking of something else? I thought he th- fought Derek, Derek Lewis. I thought Derek Lewis beat him. Oh, yeah, after Stipe. Sorry, yeah. He's had three wins since Derek Lewis. Right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So Stipe and Derek Lewis came along yeah. and they kind of derailed the hype train. I, I kind of... You, why have you put that back in my memory? The Derek Lewis I'd, I'd eradicate... See that? I'd eradicated yeah. that yeah, fight from existence. Yeah. Well, it's still etched in mind. It was right? the worst 15 minutes. Well, me being a sparring partner, we speak about it yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> so those two fights derailed the hype train. Because if you remember, just before that, me and you were going mental. When there's this guy from Cameroon, right? He's absolutely crackers. He used to be homeless in France and all this type of shit. He used to be a boxer. Now he's gone into mixed martial arts. He's moved to Vegas. He's amazing. Everybody's on the hype train. And then it kind of fell a little bit because it all came a little bit too soon for him. Yeah. But since those two fights, he has had three fights, right? So he's fought Curtis Bleds. He's fought uh, Ken Velasquez. And we saw at the weekend, he had a knock against JDS. Three fights. He's been in the octagon for two minutes and 22 seconds combined. Yeah, exactly. Starched them all. Yeah. See you, lads. But he was doing that in the run-up to That's what Stipe. I mean. He is ready. He's back. <laughs> He's back, is he? He's ready. He's back. Big Frank's back. He is back. Where else does he go now? Well, he can only fight the winner of DC versus Stipe. I'm, I'm not arguing with that. I, I absolutely believe it. Whether he can beat Stipe this second time around, whether he can beat DC. No. The, re- the reason is, see. the reason is, right, and I've said this to him in sparring, right, He's very one-dimensional. That's why we were working on the ground game. Yeah. But he is very one-dimensional. Oh, is it? Yeah. Why we were working That's on his it. ground game? That's it. Jesus He Christ. is very one-dimensional. He's power. That's what it is. There's no finesse. There's no subtleties about him. Yeah. He's just brute force. Yeah. And when you are fighting elite, like, this is elite. Yeah. Stipe, to be fair, is a sharp cookie. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he did that in the first fight, didn't he? He nullified all the power. I know what you're saying. Mrs. Nganu doesn't get... She doesn't make love, does she? She's never made love, that girl. She gets fucked. <laughs> because he's power. Well, no, he's a bit he's a big teddy bear. I reckon I reckon he's a spooner. Do you think? Yeah, but 
that he sets his force out when he's in the octagon when the cage door shuts mate that's what takes, takes his energies out in there <laughs> does it. he he is just brute force there's no subtlety about him and when you are fighting against lads that are a little bit sharper <laughs> what you're gonna say fuck when you're fighting against them you can experience that yeah you can close yeah you can <laughs> dc has the wits yes. to be able to nullify all of Francis's all of Francis's plus points. Yes, this was set up perfectly for Big Francis, just because you know Junior De Santos is very much a favours as boxing, and I think that it was weird that he had a digger as jujitsu. I think that was more to piss him off than anything, because there was no way Junior was going to try and take Francis down. Mm. Although he should have, mm. because that's how he got beat against Stipe. Put him on his back, he's fucked. So, but. We expected Cain Velasquez to do that. Cain Velasquez, obviously, a shadow of the man he once was. I think Junior's just thought, man, if I throw a big haymaker and catch him, then, you know, he won't want to know. But it was absolutely the wrong move by JD. I just, I can't get past the fact that Curtis Blades, completely different level than this. Cain Velasquez, completely washed up now. His body's just blitzed. Are you throwing shit on my boy? Yeah. Junior De Santos makes the biggest most stupidest mistake possible against the puncher threw a bomb that span him round and he had his back couldn't see the punch coming so uh, we, we, we played for that we knew that that were going to come yeah exactly I, I listen as much as I want to get on the Francis Gravy chain and I, and I still think he fights the winner of DC versus Stipe if yeah. DC decides to keep going um, I still don't see him beating either Stipe or DC because they're both just too intelligent they're not going to stand and brawl with him the way D, uh, Junior De Santos did they're going to they're going to fake they're going to take him down they're going to put him on his back and they're going to beat him that way and there's, the only way he gets away from that, what I did like at the weekend was, and I don't know whether it's just because they're from, from the same country or whatever, he was with Kamara Wusman. Yeah. Uh, both African fighters, of course. And I don't know whether Kamara, hopefully Kamara Wusman is helping him with his wrestling. wrestling because obviously Kamara Wusman's a very, very high-level wrestler. Because mm. that's what Francis needs. And it's not necessarily his wrestling, it's just his takedown defence. He's such a big dude. He just needs to be able to stand DC back up. And if he can stand DC back up, then he's got a chance for it to win the title. Absolutely. Mm. But that's that's the fucking hard part. But that was a gift at well, the weekend. Well, I'll pass that on. That to was it. an absolute gift at the weekend. I'll pass it on. I'll pass it on. See how we're getting in. You can come to the next camp if you want. Have Thanks. a little bit of a roll around. Um, with you or... With, not with him. With Ngannou. No, I'm too elite. You can have a roll with him. <laughs> Paul Craig, just to come back to Paul then. Mate, what was Similar thing. Doing? Like you're in with a guy, Alonzo Minefield, who's brand new in the UFC, but has got a fucking scary ass record. What is he? Eleven and no. One yeah. fight's been out of the second. Uh, one one fight's been in the second round. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not even looking at his record here, but I, I look before the fight. Minefield's been out the first round twice. Yeah. But never been past thirty seconds. I think it was in the second round. So basically, this guy's never fought longer than five and a half minutes. Most of his fights end in the first round. Absolute wrecking machine. Power hands. You're a jiu-jitsu guy, Paul. His, his, his stand-up's coming on great. I get it. But when you get in with a guy that is one-dimensional with a striking, I like him, Francis, Francis. Yeah, yeah. like Minefield, mate, you, 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 all your striking is to close the distance, to get hold of him and take him the fuck down. My man Damian Maia did it perfectly here. Close the distance, well, get on him, take, and pull him, pull guard, pull him on top of you. If Paul Craig pulls, mine, pulls Minefield on top of him and his head's clear, then he ties him up inside, he gets him, he gets him tied up, and then he can work for position. Obviously, the last thing he wants Minefield raining down ground and pound, but if, if Paul Craig gets him fresh and gets hold of him, it's a completely different fight, or at least we find out if Minefield's got any ground game. We don't know. We've never never, never seen him down there. He's too much of a wrecking machine. Yeah. But to get in there and start fucking throwing high kicks... Well, the first he throws the first one right, and he and it hit and it lands, 
And then for some reason, it gets giddy. And you think to yourself, right, I'll go through another one. But the distance wasn't there. You, you changed the distance. So you were throwing it kind of within yourself, within the, you know what I mean? So it, so Minefield shut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Minefield had shut it. Moves, he'd, all he'd done is one sidestep and yeah. then bang, he was in. Yeah. Finished the show. I get it. Listen, that's what they say. With, with, he got greedy. With grapplers, with, with jujitsu guys, what you do is you throw, throw shit because you want the guy to catch a kick. You want the guy to take you down. That's where you want to be. You want the distance closing. That's what you're striking is for, is to close that distance. But to be throwing high kicks when the guy's in range to punch you in the face is always going to be a fucking issue. Yeah. It's always going to be a major problem. You mentioned Damien Meyer, right? I can totally understand. And I'm probably How one of them. How good is he? Like, how good is well, he? Well, yeah. Listen, I can appreciate it. And this is where I come back from. Last week we were talking about the Bellator card, weren't we? And Lovato taking on uh, Gego Masasi. And me appreciating the legitimate high-level of a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. And it was ridiculous. A very one-dimensional fighter, but he was that good at it. Just It was like a throwback to the old-school UFC days where you're getting, I don't know, a guy that's just a striker against a BJJ artist and see how those styles mix. Whereas yeah. you're getting more rounded fighters a lot more now when you watch UFC. When I watch Damian Meyer, I can understand why fans think he's boring. Because it is, it's quite... Unless you're into it, it's a difficult watch, isn't it? Yeah. I can appreciate... Watching the Lovato thing, watching him this week, I think, fucking hell, he's good. But it is a very difficult watch. You've got, I think you've got to... Because you've you've be... tra- you don't train it, you don't you yeah, have a background of watching... 100%. Yeah, yeah, jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. I get it. I, I listen, you know, would I rather see that? Or I, I appreciate that more, I think, because I'm tight with Damian Meyer. So I know what he's good at. And to see him do that at that level, you know, Rocco Martin seems to be taking positions and then it's just like the most... It's, it's, the, subtle movements, it's all about yeah. balance. Like it, the subtle movements where he's able to sweep and then get get top control and stuff like that. You think, mate, that's it's absolutely unreal. And I think you don't appreciate it because we don't train it. So yeah. unless you train jujitsu, you wouldn't really get and go, how the fuck did he do that? And I think that was the good thing about the commentary team, Bisping especially. Bisping's from a similar background. You know, Bisping isn't necessarily a jujitsu guy, though he did train a lot of jujitsu when he was a kid and whatever else. But he's, he's traditionally a stand-up striker, being European. And he's like fucking creaming himself. You know, he, he probably, it sounded like he enjoyed that fight more than anything else because they're just like, my God, how does he do that? How can it be done? Because they roll every day. They, they they train every day and they've got no idea how he's able to do it the way he does it. Just And it's subtle movements. It's just slightly sh- shifting your balance here and there and being able to get this sweep or that sweep or whatever it may be. He's, he's absolutely an elite jiu-jitsu fighter. And what I like about him is, He's he's fighting as a jujitsu guy now. Yeah, you know I hate it when guys. Again, sorry to beat up on Paul Craig, but Paul Craig's a jujitsu guy. Don't be a striker. Play to your strengths. Why are you playing to minefield strengths? He's the striker guy. You just use your use your range to get close enough to fucking fake the high kick and go for the double leg and take him down. Like you've got to get him in your world. Damien Meyer's quite happy to swim in his own world. Sound? Come on, come to me. Mm. Uh, that's what I appreciated more I, again it wasn't the highlight moment and he ain't going to be winning any fight of the night bonuses but he's just gone second in the all time list for the most wins yeah, in the UFC only, behind Cowboy, Cowboy yeah. he's just overtook Michael Bispin so you got to respect yeah. it mm. what was the highlight then if that wasn't the highlight what was the one that stands out for you uh, I thought Joe Benavidez was sensational that was a cracking little fight while it lasted like Benavidez yeah. Formiga for the right to face uh, Henry Cihudo, Cihudo, if, he, if he comes back down to flyweight 
Uh, I think Benavidez probably deserves it now. I'd love to see Benavidez against Sahuda. Well, he's got a narrative, hasn't he? Because he's got a win over him. Exactly. Of course. So there's a lovely narrative there. I know that uh, Benavidez has had a crack at the title before, but that was against DJ. Um, and Henry, whether he thinks it or not, he is the flyweight boy. So you've got to come back down and have a little bit of a go, son, and defend those belts. And you would think that uh, Benavidez is most certainly next in line for that. Six years since Benavidez fought for the title. Was it? Six years, yeah. He's lost once since. That was a split decision. Lost to Sergio Pettis. Yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, that's the only time he's lost. So, you know, he absolutely deserves it. But it's whether... I think it's got it's got to be on. Surely he's just fought a bantamweight. I know he's just won the bantamweight belt, but surely if... if he's injured as well want, at the moment. He's just had surgery. Yeah, if he wants to keep those both belts, though, the next fight needs to be at flyweight. Okay. You know, it need, you need to go and defend that belt if you're going to keep it and then come back to bantamweight, which... Again, that's amazing if Sahudo was able to do that. You know, nobody's been able to skip through the weights and hold both belts simultaneously. So that would certainly define his legacy. But I think uh, Benavidez, just because the fight against Formiga was so good, he was cut and everything else, and then suddenly it was just like, bomb, turned it on, head kick, sparked him, put him up against the ropes, and then up against the cage, and then uh, got the finish. It's wicked. Seems a nice guy as well, because, like you say, his last title shot was six years ago. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't been looked upon favourably, really, has he? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the other guys have had... I mean, Sejudo, in that period of time, had two shots because he got beat off uh, DJ and then got another shot in order to beat DJ to become flyweight champion. Yeah. Whereas you'd have thought that maybe Benavidez was a little bit further ahead of him. Especially because he's knocking boots with Megan Olivy as well. You know, he obviously is a UFC broadcaster, so, you know, they're, they're, like, they're a little bit like the, the little miniature face family of the UFC. So you'd, ex- you'd would have expected knocking boots. You'd expect you're so old school with some of the <laughs> shit that you come out with. So Ben, you'd have expected Benavidez to get a title boots. shot sooner because she's you know she's looked upon favourably. So is he? So <laughs> I don't know where that one come from. I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. She's knocking boots. Um, if anybody else can come up with some uh, terminology <laughs> to stick into uh, the Fight Disciples oh, yeah. glossary. I need to get this glossary sorted, actually. Mate, we've I'm had a few. Looking, I know. Stitch that's been uh, sent to us stitch a couple of times. Stitch in there, yeah, definitely. A yeah. couple of stitch stats. We'll see a couple of stitch stats this weekend, no doubt. Listen, before we talk about UFC 239 and start getting excited about International Fight Week, uh, Jose Aldo, I'll tell you something, he has gone full Sergio Ramos on us, hasn't he? He was talking about retirement, talking about calling it a day. Next thing you know, he's signing a contract. Eight fight deal with the UFC. Man's getting paid. He's not daft, is he? He's Jose. I'm going to threaten to go, and then they'll give me the they'll give me the door. Fair play to him. There's I, no, I can't see him seeing. Eight I was going to say, there's no long. way he fights eight more times. Absolutely not. But the UFC want to put him on lockdown, obviously, until it, until he's well into retirement. They don't want him to appear on any other kind of promotion. How many um, comebacks do you reckon there's going to be in that eight fight? There'll uh, be deal? a few. I reckon there's at least two comebacks. Yeah, I just think, <clears throat> obviously, against. When he lost against Volkanovski, because Volkanovski was brilliant that night, absolutely brilliant uh, in Rio, it just felt like that would be the perfect place for it to end. But I also am aware that you know Jose Aldo is a proud fight, fighting man. I think the UFC um, are as mate, well. I think he's like, only fucking get him locked down. He's only thirty one, thirty two, isn't he? Yeah, I know um, he looks and he's been around for a guy so, that you would think he's forty odd. But he's not. He's early thirties. Is it thirty-two? Yeah. And if you think he was, you he was under. He was like you've the got best ten, featherweight you've got on ten the years on him. He was the best featherweight on the yeah. planet for ten years. Yeah. You there? You go. You were thirty-two, right? When he started doing his thing. All right. Fucking why am I getting brought into just, all this? Just for fun, isn't it? So, uh, I can't see him. You know, probably a couple more fights. It just depends really what what Max does. I think if Max. 
there's an opportunity for him to get back in the featherweight title picture, even though he's lost to Volkanovski, just because I think if Max comes back, fights Volkanovski, loses to Volkanovski, then I think there's more of a more of an opportunity there for Jose Aldo to potentially get a second fight. I don't think anyone wants to see a third fight with Max Holloway. No, he's you know, got his number. He beat him twice decisively. So I think for, for Aldo's sake, he needs him to... Uh, he needs a new champion in this featherweight division. Mm. So just have to wait and see. But uh, it's surprising. Just because Aldo's been talking about retirement for so long and Didi Pedernares, his coach from, from Nova and Yao, has been talking about fucking... I remember interviewing him 10 years ago when he was talking about this is going to be my last year, this is going to be my last year, and he's still, he's still cornering Jose. So, mm. weird. Um, Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler is a thing, August the 3rd. I'm cool with this, right? Because I know there are loads of people throwing shade on Colby Covington. Rightfully so, because he's a bit of a douche. I get that. But he is he's done his best, I think, in order to make other fights. I know that he took a little bit of step aside, didn't he, in order to avoid certain fights, which maybe got a little bit of shade and a little bit he went out of favour with the UFC because of his attitude in order to get himself a shot at the full title. But... There's injuries to lads out there. Who else is he supposed to fight at this moment in time? There's nobody else out there for him to have a knock with. Robbie Lawler's perfect, isn't he? Yeah, especially because, you know, I think Robbie Lawler was robbed against uh, ben, Askren. ben Askren anyway. So I think Robbie deserves an opportunity to, you know, to stay relevant in this title picture. Um, but, Kobe, you know, Kobe's weird because, he, as you say, he's been injured for a while and then it was he was offered fights, but he's turning fights down. He's turning fights down against other guys, decent guys in the top ten. It's not like they're trying to match him up with someone unranked. You know, they they, they tried to put him in with uh, with Rocky Edwards. They've tried to put him in with um, Ponzinibbio, and he's turning these fights, these kind of fights down. So, listen, uh, Robbie Lawler's a bigger name than both those guys. Obviously, former champion. So maybe that's what Covington was waiting for. But, uh, you know, I can't see many people supporting Kobe Covington that night, including Kobe oh, Covington's own fucking corner no, team. Listen, nobody will be supporting, <laughs> including his own corner team. Listen, exactly. nobody will be supporting him because everybody will be wanting Robbie to roll back the ears and do the business on him and shut his mouth up. No question about it. But with this new breed of elite level wrestlers and grapplers, it's just made for a ground and pound night, isn't it? It's just mm. made for takedown and bit of a bit of a ground and pound and Colby Covington to do the business once again, get on the mic and start making noise and hopefully at some point get together with uh, Kamara Usman to unify those belts. Again, it's weird though, isn't it? Because it's another ATT, ATT kind of battle. Lawler's traditionally ATT, Covington's from ATT. It's weird. This is what happens sometimes with these super camps, the crossover of uh, of guys. Obviously, Robert Lawler probably do his camp elsewhere, but... Just weird, man. It's a weird setup they've got there. And you've got rivals in the same weight division training on opposite sides of the gym, going to fight each other in the UFC. Fucking weird. Weird <laughs> setup. Uh, this weekend, it is uh, the Team Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for UFC 239. Oh, now, can we talk about Cage Warriors first? All right, go on. Because Cage Warriors was. Main event was mint. Absolutely fucking epic at the weekend. Um, you see, this is the thing. It was right? brilliant. Well, hang on a minute. Every title for, fight was for, amazing. Well, all right. From a fight disciples' point of view, right? How many people? This is this is an interesting thing. If you're a fight disciple, you listen to us on a week by week basis. Just send us a tweet if you have fight pass. Yeah. If you're able to watch Cage Warriors, because we used to talk about Cage Warriors tons last year when it was on BT Sport. Yeah. Because it was always on before a UFC event, so you'd watch Cage Warriors, then you'd go into UFC, and it was an easy narrative for everybody, and we could make reference to stuff, and we knew that you had watched it. 
Whereas now I kind of just hold back a little bit because I'm not... Well, I don't really know how many people are, are locked into Fight Pass and that are absolutely locked into Cage Warriors. If you are, of course you saw something fantastic at the weekend. It was brilliant. But how many people saw it in order for us to make reference to it now and then you know what we're talking about? Yeah, that is definitely an issue. It, it is pure, purely based on numbers because you're like... It feels like a shame. They've obviously it's, it's like a, the Bellator thing where we don't talk about Bellator a lot. It's because they fuck their TV deal up. Yeah, you can't see it. You can't watch it. Yeah, and even when it's supposed to be on TV, they don't get it on TV. Yeah, because it's an absolute joke. But uh, but Cage Warriors was mint at the weekend. Cage Warriors was absolutely unreal. Yeah, you had this uh, Nathias Frederick fucking spiking people and getting points deducted and all that. It fucking channeling us in a Bob Sap just trying to fucking put people through the canvas. Mads Burnell versus Dean Truman was just mental Japanese necktie submission finish. Uh, Jai Herbert upset the odds and beat Jack Grant and, and won that title belt as well. But obviously, it was all about the main the event. The main event. We, so can, we just you, finished doing can national you get it radio. On YouTube, do you think you can get it on YouTube? I'm sure you can. I'm sure Cage Warriors will have put it up. Or, the main or, event's or, amazing. Or even Fight Pass. UFC Fight Pass is on uh, social media. I'm sure there'll be some stuff on there. So we just finished doing a national radio show, and I'd come out and was texting Dan Hardy, who was doing commentary for Cage Warriors. And I was like, what's happened? And he was like, oh, you've missed this, this, and this. And I was like, yes, when I go home, I'm going to watch that. Uh, what about main events, Houston versus Dalby? Because, I've, you know, Houston's unreal. Scotsman just looks brilliant. Nicholas Dalby, I remember him from his UFC days, yeah. fighting Darren Till. Yeah. Absolutely wicked guy. Had a terrible t- uh, issues with depression, uh, but then got married, had a daughter. He's, he's completely and utterly reinvented himself. He's in such a good place in his life right now. Um, and Dan was like, it's just starting now. So I'm like fucking driving home, bump, there we go. That's the good thing. This is the, again, Bellator, you can't even watch it when it's on telly. I've got Fight Pass on my phone, so I'm just like, boom, there we go. Commentary through my speakers. And it, I literally, this is no bullshit. I'm on my way home. I pulled over because I, I thought, I can't, I can't. I'm listening to the commentary and I'm like, I've got to fucking pull over. I've got to watch this. This sounds mental, absolutely mental. And obviously there's fucking blood absolutely everywhere. Both of them are cut to, shred, cut to bits. Um, and Mark Goddard's calling a referee in countless times. The referee's a mate of mine, Chris Lamb. And Chris is looking at the cuts on uh, on Houston. And uh, he's saying, yeah, he's fine. His eyes closing over. Dolby's fucking cut everywhere. There's literally blood all over them. They're just covered in claret. Absolutely covered in it. And, and next thing you know, they're just starting to fucking slip all over the place. And, mm. and, and Dan, at one point, Mark Goddard stopped the fight, got the referee in again, pulled them up, got them up off the floor, Referee was like, yeah, they're fine. And he was like, you could hear them saying to, saying to the doctor, this is fucking becoming a joke now. This is becoming a bit of a joke. And I, obviously, I'm watching it on my phone. I'm thinking, are the cuts that bad? You know, is he urging the doctor to stop it? And the doctor's going, it's fine. It's, they're not, impede, not impeding him in any way. But Mark's like, so, it's so slippy. It's fucking everywhere. The next thing, you know, he puts them back down on the ground in, in the same position again. Houston on his back, Dolby in top control. And then they're scuffling around the ground. But the, the, the bodies are literally sliding around it now the the thing is cage warriors don't use a canvas they use vinyl yeah to cover their it's like a laminate man. yeah it's like a laminate yeah and obviously once that gets ridiculously covered in blood it, it may as well be an ice rink and you, you heard uh goddard saying to the corner saying to the corner teams or, or during one of the breaks he was saying i'll get it to the end of this round and that's it end of this round that's it i'm thinking okay there's, there's two and a half minutes left on the clock here so you know the commentary team are going shit right okay if the fight does get stopped after three kind of like boxing once it goes past three rounds we go to a judge's scorecard yeah. if he gets stopped before the third round it becomes a no contest and then literally fucking the two of them they, they literally couldn't stand up and raise fists because they were slipping that much 
And Godard just went, ah, this is ridiculous. I'll have to stop the fight. Stops it. It becomes a no contest. Obviously, the narrative's there for a straight rematch. Everyone wants to see it. The fight was absolutely swinging one way and then the other. It was brilliant for both lads. But um, mental. Absolutely mental. I've never, ever seen anything like that no. before. And, you know, I've seen a few people. Big John McCarthy has been one critic. When I first saw it, you know, I actually thought that the canvas was moving. Really? Because it was that much? Yeah, that's, no, that's what I thought it was. That's what I thought Mark was... Like, like it maybe it was, somewhere. It was yeah, like, like it was unsecure or something. So that's what I thought Mark was referring to originally. But then after a couple of moments processing it all, it was quite... <laughs> it was just fucking swimming in blood. Just blood everywhere, yeah. Now, I've seen Big John McCartney that had the pop at Cage Warriors... Uh, on social media yesterday, no. where he was like, Wait, "Why?" Because he was like, "You know, that's what you get for being cheap, motherfuckers, and using oh, vinyl right. instead oh, of right. using canvas." Okay, but uh, you know, um, Cage Warriors have always used vinyl. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a sponsors thing. I think if if you think about it, you can read um, sponsors' names clearer on a vinyl yeah, sheet you than you win canvas. Plus, I think the other argument, I don't know if this argument was made. The argument argument is between rounds, you can just fucking mop. A canvas mat, and then get on there with with a towel, like towel. Like, have you seen them brooms? They have a basketball where it's a towel on the yeah. end of a, a brush. Yeah. So you can. It's basically like a brand new surface then for every fight. Whereas in the UFC, there was a time in the UFC. I don't know if they still do it now. In between fights in the UFC, they used to get in there with cans of spray paint and spray over the blood. That yeah. actually used to happen in the UFC. So you'd have a blue canvas, and there'd be that much blood on it. They'd send guys, you know, between rounds when the commentary team are talking, no one's watching. Yeah. They would send people in there with, and literally paint over the blood, paint it blue again to, to, to kind of block it out. So it is what it is. Listen, the, most, the most important thing here is, uh, yet I, I guess vinyl might be cheaper than canvas, whatever. I doubt that's the case because it's fucking Cage Warriors. They're a hugely successful show. But also, how many fights have we had on Cage Warriors over the years? Like, fucking hell, come on. Yeah. It's 15 years of fights there. We're talking thousands of This is the first time it's ever happened. I don't necessarily think it was a problem with it being vinyl. It was just one of those freak things that both guys were just Tripping. lost about fucking four pints of blood. Mm. Can't wait for the rematch. Everybody's just switched off now and they've gone to go and watch it. Yeah, it's mental. You should go and watch it. It's just, just it, it's completely freaky. Welcome back to the Fight Disciples. Because <laughs> I know that you paused it after listening to uh, Nick talking about Cage Warriors. Gross that, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, time to get stuck into uh, UFC 239 this weekend. Uh, I know that there's a little bit of disdain in a lot of people's mouths uh, that this is on pay-per-view in the UK. Right? I know that. But if you've been listening to us for any period of time, we told you that this model was going to come in. In the United States, they're paying through the nose for this stuff. We've had it. We've had a good ride. We've had a really good ride. And let's be honest, the coverage that BT Sport do give us, whether it be on social media platforms, YouTube channels, or whether it be their own uh, app, is quite decent. There's some decent stuff on there. Even we turn up every now and again um, interviewing various people. It's probably the best stuff, I think. It's all right. Best stuff BT do is got us our faces on, I think. So therefore, at some point, it was always going to come along where we had to pay for it. At the end of the day, right, there's grown men in this country that pay for fucking wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That pay yeah. for WWE, WrestleMania, which, by the way, is coming to BT Sports, by the way. Jesus. Um, so it was always going to happen. Now, at the start of the year, we told you about the 11 Sports deal. That fell through. It came to BT Sport. Part of that new deal that BT Sport cut with the UFC is that they would do at least three pay-per-views per here maybe even four yeah it was it was at least two max four right is the deal so at this moment in time we know that this weekend ufc 239 is pay-per-view we've told you i don't think they've officially released it as of yet but ufc 242 which is in abu dhabi will be on pay-per-view with uh, khabib and dustin poirier going at it and if conor mcgregor 
does whatever he's supposed to do and come back at the back end of the year, that will also be pay-per-view. So that's what you can expect. Now, let's get over that for a minute, because if you're a proper fan, you're in, aren't you? You're going to find a way, because John Jones is fighting this weekend. Hell yeah. Now, again, there'll be people listening to this. Well, hang on a minute. These lads throw Jarrell Miller under the bus for drug cheats in boxing. They dunk Canelo for drug cheats in boxing. Why don't they do it for John Jones in mixed martial arts? I'll hand over to my mate here. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking coward. <laughs> I'll t- here's a quick. Here's, isn't it like a, Here's where mine mine's at. Forget about for a second that MMA and boxing are completely different sports. One's got thousands of years of history, and hopefully you know protection. And one's twenty five years old. And let's face it, for the first 10, 15 years, it was basically encouraged yeah. to be juiced and never mind fucking outlawed. Um, but let's move into the brass tacks of that. John Jones has been found guilty. And, and listen, forget about all the recreation stuff now. Forget about all that. I had this conversation with someone at the weekend about uh, Jarrell Miller. And they were like, how dare you have got Jarrell Miller but call Tyson Fury the people's champion? And I was like, well, Tyson, Tyson Fury was never charged with anything. Never mind found guilty. He was never even charged. Mm-hmm. He was they, they, he had a positive test, reportedly, but they never charged handshake. him for they it. They had a handshake. Backdated. Exactly. Ban. That never really happened. He, he didn't get formally charged. So, and in this case, John Jones has been found guilty of PEDs. Fuck recreational, I don't care. That, that's his own fault. That's his own personality. Whatever. All I'm asked about was PEDs in sport. And John Jones has been found guilty of having, of using tainted sumpl- supplements twice. This is just what has been found guilty. I, you know, I can't accuse him of otherwise if this is all it is. I know it's all that pictogram bollocks and all that. Listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. I agree with you. However, but having said that, though, a full investigation was done. Yeah, and twice they said he was use it was due to tainted supplements. Correct. It wasn't EPO. It wasn't something that needed to be injected. They they said he'd use poor decision making when it came to supplements, and he was punished for that. He received a sentence. He saved that time. He came back. It wasn't like Jarrell Miller when he fell through a loophole because he didn't have he did he couldn't be suspended by the by the Slate Athletic Commission because he wasn't actually registered at the time as a boxer. And it wasn't like Canelo Alvarez who's fucking got the WBC in his back pocket as well as the whole West Nevada. Coast, yeah, yeah. where he can just go, yeah, okay, we'll give you a six month ban so you can go and have that injury done. It wasn't like that. John Jones got a penalty, he saved his penalty, and he's come back to the sport. Am I happy about it? No, because again with as far as I'm concerned, there ain't no smoke without fire. And it's tainted what I believe is the greatest legacy in the sport. He is the GOAT. He's the greatest natural talent we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. However, I keep selling it when I've been on radio this past week, and I'm sure I'll do more interviews this week in the build-up to it. Except John Jones for who he is. He's the Mike Tyson of MMA. He's the youngest ever heavyweight, longest ever champion in UFC history. Won at age 23. His resume speaks volumes. He's beaten more former champions than anybody else. He is the greatest of all time. And his legacy is still going. And this weekend, he takes on Thiago Santos, another hugely dangerous fighter, a puncher, a wrecking machine. Yet this is what John Jones does. And he will beat Thiago Santos' own game. I think he will stop Thiago Santos, which is what I also think John Jones needs that now as well. We've had a couple of points decisions, haven't we? I want to see John Jones back at his absolutely electric bones best. And I think the fear factor potentially of getting starched by one shot from from DeSantos, I think that will bring out the very best in John Jones this weekend. Mm. I hope so, because as I've said to you, um, since... Uh, the Daniel Cormier no contest, right? After uh, he were uh, popped um, in the hindsight of that particular fight. He has fought Gus and he's fought Anthony Smith. And in both yeah. of those fights, yeah, I know he stopped 
Gustafsson. Gustafsson. But in the Anthony Smith fight in particular, he was most certainly fighting within himself. He, but he pissed every round. He won yeah. every round. Yeah, but that's not Jones that I fell in love with years ago. Jones used to win every round anyway. And yeah. then he used to and go... wreck people. And then he put his foot down and absolutely wreck them. There's a thing. I don't know what it is. Maybe everything that's happened to him over the last couple of years with this pickagram nonsense has affected him psychologically. I just thought there's a point now at the weekend where he is fighting a wrecking machine. Thiago Santos is a wrecking machine. Yeah. And I just hope that Jones goes full throttle. He goes, right, I'm going to take him out before he takes me out. And we get to see the ruthless John Jones that we all fell for years and years and years ago. Yep. I think we will. I think I think John Jones realises now that this is a real opportunity to reinvent himself, a real opportunity to put behind him all the pictogram fucking nonsense and do what he does. I'd Listen... Well, what, six days out from the fight? I just hope he doesn't get popped this week. Because <laughs> yeah, he's fucking John Jones. Yeah, but... He, he makes stupid-ass choices. No, I don't I don't think he'll get popped. For someone who's for so intelligent fresh, inside might... the octagon, so intelligent, his, his, his fight IQ is absolutely off the chain. He makes some stupid-ass decisions outside of the octagon. Yeah, he does. I can't see him getting popped this week for anything fresh. Something might pop up where oh, he's, you know, he's picograms, he's pulsing again, he's pulsing again. And we've seen it a little bit with Sean O'Malley, haven't we? There's a, yeah. It's a very similar uh, situation with what's happened to him, but obviously he doesn't have the clout and the power uh, that a John Jones does. Um, so it's no longer an isolated incident. We're starting to see it with, uh, with other fighters. I think, I just, I hope that we're going to see the very best John Jones doing his yeah. ruthless thing. I've got a feeling we won't, though. I've just got a feeling that Don't this is going to be... He's been at the top of this sport for, like, eight years now. He's been the main yeah. guy for eight years. Listen, I'm not throwing shit on him. I just think he's fighting within himself. I think we're going to see... I don't know if it's within himself, though, Adam. That's the point I'm trying to make. Eight years in, do you know what I mean? It's like, it, the freshness isn't there no more. Like, that that electric, that fear of being like, I'm I'm taking on this guy's a former champion, this guy's a bit of a legend. Because, you know, how many fucking legends do you fight? Let's, you know... Beats Shogun for the title. Beats Rampage. Beats Machida. Beats Rashad. Beats Vitor. Chael Sonnen. Gustafsson, one of the greatest fights of all time. Tashira. Du- fucking Cormier twice. Like, that first chunk, that Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Rashad, Vitor. That generation. That 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 is an entire generation he beat there. An entire generation of former champions. And he was what, only 20? He was 23, 24, yeah. 25. And he's beaten all those guys. Like, Icon, icon, icon. I- it's fucking absolutely ridiculous. Whereas now, John Jones is that guy. He's the icon. He's the goat. He's the legend. That's a good point. And he's fighting guys like Anthony Smith. So what you're saying he ain't got it no more? I'm not saying he's not got it no more. I'm just saying it's hard to motivate yourself when, you- when you're the young, hungry lion coming through to take over the pride and they're going, boom, get this legend in, boom, get that guy in. And you're like, fucking hell. And you- you- it's like you against the world. Whereas now it's like, okay, you're the king now. Let's line up Anthony Smith. Let's line up Thiago Santos. Let's bring in Gustafsson, the guy who had your hardest fights ever against. Here comes DC again. I don't know if Jones is quite in the same mindset of where he was then. And this is what, you know, as fans, we don't kind of appreciate it sometimes where a fighter's at. You know, we talked about Jose Aldo earlier. By the time he fought McGregor, he'd been the champion for 10 years. It was fucking rudimentary to him. Do you know what I mean? I don't say he had a will to lose but you can never be as hungry as the guy coming through. Now I don't believe Anthony Smith has approved, and I don't believe Thiago. Uh, I don't believe Thiago Santos has got the ability to beat John Jones just because he's that good. But I don't think we'll see John Jones the way he was before 
until he starts right. taking risks again. Yeah, exactly that. And I don't think we'll see that this weekend. What I think we're going to see is a very similar fight to the Anthony Smith fight because Anthony Smith coming through was that wrecking machine, a guy that had struggled at previous weight categories, moved into this weight category and found his man strength. Thiago Santos is exactly the same guy. Exactly the same It's exactly the same thing. And I think what we'll do, what we'll see, and listening to Anthony Smith speak about the Jones fight, he says you don't really understand what Jones does as a fighter. You see him fight and you think, oh, there's flaws there, there's flaws here. But when you get in there, it's very, very different because he sets a very different rhythm than what you're used to fighting at. He picks up on your rhythm yeah. and then offsets your rhythm, so therefore you can't get your shots off. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to do the exact same thing to Santos at the weekend. Yeah. I think we're going to see a unanimous points uh, decision, which will be a shame, really, because I want to see something devastating. Well, we will get something devastating. It'll just come from Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fight before. Yeah. So that's what I, I'm, my picks, we're going to do picks, I've no doubt. You'll, yeah. uh, you'll give people a little bit of a, a point in the right direction. I personally think Jones wins via points yeah. in that fight. Um, Nunez home. I'm so excited about this fight. The narratives with the Ronda Rousey connection for both of these ladies is there. This is absolutely a must-see fight. Amanda Nunes, we've said on many occasions, the best women's mixed martial artist, the GWOT, I think you referred to her the as, Gwot. don't you? Yeah. Uh, of all time. But Holly Holm is no mug. This is a kid that was on an unbelievable tour, did Ronda Rousey, and then just ran in to, from the Misha Tate fight onwards, it's just not gone her way. She's had a couple of victories in there as well. If you look at her record, Holly Holm, she's never won um, a five-round decision. As a boxer, I find that quite amazing, really. Yeah. That she's never won a five-round decision within the UFC. So if this goes the distance, you're favouring Amanda Nunes to light her up. I don't think it's going the distance because Amanda Nunes is an absolute wrecking machine. We saw what she did to Cyborg. I think Holly Holm will give as good as she's got for a short period of time, but I can't see this going longer than 10 minutes. No. No, I think and Nunes is just too strong. You know, when she proved that last time out against Cyborg, you know, Cyborg beat up Holly Holm when they fought for the featherweight belt and Holly Holm just looked so much smaller. I know this is back at Bantamweight, yeah. but look what Nunes did when she went up to featherweight to fight Cyborg. Absolutely obliterated her in one round. I think she's got so much confidence in her hands right now. And listen, I know Holly Holm was a former Ring Magazine female boxer of the year and all that stuff, but that was where back when female boxing wasn't what it is today. You know, it wasn't like the Katie Taylors and Clarissa Shields knocking about like there is today. It was, mm. if you look at it, Holly Holm was like undisputed champion of the world in boxing. 12 times or something ridiculous. And yeah, I'd never fought outside of fucking Albuquerque. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the fact that she's been able to transition into MMA so effortlessly highlights the fact that she was probably more of a kickboxer in boxing. It was just the way, the state of the world in boxing at the time was very poor. Yeah. Um, so I think Amanda Nunes has probably got better hands. She's too aggressive. She's too strong. And um, you know, never mind the quote. I think there's a real there's a real shout at the moment about Amanda Nunes being pound for pound the best fighter in the UFC period, mm. regardless of what sex she is. So I think well, that's if you where look the at statement this, comes mate, from this weekend. If she makes a statement this weekend, she's done Rousey, she's done Cyborg, home. Fuck me, man. It's just like you just mentioned about Jones doing legend after legend that's after it. legend. She's doing it exactly. And Valentina Shevchenko. She beat Valentina Shevchenko as well. You know the. The, the champion from the weight division below who looks absolutely brilliant. So, you know, and the funny thing is, she was 9-4 and four at one point in her career, Amanda yeah, Nunes. No, she's 17-4, isn't she? She's just been absolutely on a tear. Yeah. So, that's that's where the... Is that the fight of the night for you? Or no, the performance no, of the, the night? The performance of the night comes there, yeah. Okay. Fight of the night for me uh, probably comes with Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa. See, that fight, 
I'm looking at it and I've gone, it's going to go this way. And then I'll switch off for a minute and then I'll look at it again and I'll go, no, it's going to go the other way. I can't, I just have no idea. I've no idea which way that fight's going to go. Diego Sanchez turned back the clock, hasn't he? he just, he's gone back to the guy who won tough one. He's, it's fucking mental. He, he's, whatever he's done, he's found like a pot of elixir, you know, like <laughs> a, 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 a fucking age-defying fucking serum he's or whatever. Got, yeah, he's, he's gone full Benjamin Button. He's on it. He's on it, man. I'm telling you, he's going backwards. And uh, I think Michael Chiesa is a brilliant fighter, such an all-round fighter, great on the ground and everything else, but... I think right now it's hard to pick against Diego Sanchez. Is that what you're doing? Even though two years ago I'd have said Diego Sanchez washed up, Chiesa smashes him to bits. Right now Sanchez is just enjoying this Indian summer. So um, I've got, listen, flip a coin there. Flip a coin with Jan Blachowicz versus Luke Rockhold That's, as well. Mate, right. I've so got the, no idea what the fuck that Luke so Rockhold's going to look like. So the top three fights I'm pretty confident me. So I've got Jones beating Santos. Yeah. And I've got uh, Nunes beating home. Yeah. Right? I've got Nunes stopping home. I've got Jones on points. It might, he might stop him, but that, I'm, I'm confident that it's going that he way. He said right? top three, so have you got Masvidal Askren? Right, okay. So this is where I'm at at this moment in time. Looking at both their records and looking at the way that they just go about their work, Askren's winning the fight. He's going to wrestle fuck him. He's going to wrestle fuck him and beat him with ground and pound is what he's always going to do it. And it's going to be one of, it's going to be one of them where you're thinking, this is a bit dull. To the extent where it's not going to be a stand-up and strike. No, mate. So what you're used to with Masvidal. Masvidal Till was on the feet and we're having it. Yeah. One of you's going over. Till ended up going over. But, but Askren ain't going to fight Masvidal. Like Is that. he fuck? He's no going to he's going to take two legs off him, stick him on his ass, sit on him, and just beat the shit out of him. But then we see what Robbie Lawler did. He fucking lit Askren up and was very close to getting that fight stopped. But he didn't. He didn't. This is what you were saying last week. Askren finds a way, <laughs> always does. fucking finds a way, the bugger, right? And he's yeah. going to do the same again this weekend. There'll be moments where you're getting excited about George Masvidal doing his thing. But Askren, he just, he can take a punch. He's proved that. I mean, he, Lola caught him, man. Lola caught him hard. And Lola can whack. He didn't go anywhere, did he? He's still yeah. in the fight. And then two minutes later, he's turning around and he's fucking choking shit out of him, yeah. even though he didn't really choke the shit out of him. He, fa- he face cranked him. Yeah. Askren will find a way. He'll ride him for a bit and then he'll beat the shit out of him. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a unanimous decision, Ben Askren, because Jorge Masvidal is a tough bastard. He ain't going anywhere. But I wouldn't be surprised if it is stopped at some point, TKO, ground and pound, Ben Askren. No chance. You okay. reckon You reckon Masvidal's going to do him? I, I, I want Masvidal to do him. Cool, mate, we're all wanting Masvidal to do him. We're all on the Masvidal train. Because that means it's been an entertaining fight. Yes, if Masvidal lights him up, knocks him out, it's going to be the great... That's it. I don't even want to see the two men events. I'm off. Done. <laughs> Done. I'm happy. Took you, Phil. I'm excited for Arnold Allen against Gil Melendez. What? I... Get back to that fight. What do you think is going to happen? We're going to do picks at the end. No, do it I now. Just, you just said you knew what was going to happen. You said Askren's going to win. Right. You tell me what you think is going to happen. Well, I'm, I'll decide at the end. Why? Because I'm, I'm judging the card as we play it through. Go on. Um, I'm super excited for Arnold Allen against Gilbert Melendez. I've got to be totally honest here. When I was in Vegas last year, we were chatting with Gilbert Melendez and he was basically like, because it was made last year and he pulled out of the fight. And he was kind of like, I don't, who is this Arnold Allen guy? It's not the fight I'm looking for. Mm. But I guess the UFC have gone back to him and gone, listen, son, we've given you Arnold Allen. We're giving you Arnold Allen again. You've got to take this fight and come through it. Um, I think that's why Gil Melendez has taken this fight. He doesn't want the fight. I'm surpri- I'll be honest. I'm surprised now with six days to go, Gilbert Melendez hasn't pulled out just because his body at the time, the way he was talking, he's you know he's been around the sport for an awful long time. 
he doesn't want to be fighting these young European hungry guys. Do you know what I mean? Because his argument would be, what the fuck does it do for me and my legacy? But it's a fantastic fight for Arnold Allen because it's it's a massive scalp. Gil Melendez, ranked or not, is a massive guy in the UFC. He's a massive name in the sport, part of the original scrap pack. So uh, I'm super looking forward to that, especially if Ar- if Arnold can get the win. I think with Arnold Allen, people look at him and think, boy, he just looks like a little boy, doesn't mm. he? It's not an oven. Mm. But they don't realise that his dad's a fucking, you know, a, a, an international competing strongman. He comes from proper... I'll tell you now, Arnold Allen's got a flat head, is what I'm trying to say. He has got a flat head. He's got that absolute mad, crazy strength. And I think he'll surprise Gil Melendez, and it could be a mass. That would be a massive win for him if he can beat Melendez. You think he will? I hope so. What is this with your splinters in your ass today, sitting on the fucking fence? Saving it till the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you going to commit? I'm going to commit at the end. Yeah. You're going to commit. I'm going to give you a line up at the end. What else are you looking forward to? Um, well, you mentioned Jack Marshman on last week's show, didn't you? He's obviously on the early, early prelims. He's yeah. on the curtain raisers, uh, taking on Edmen Shabajan. See, that one's for you, Ben Chilliberti, who uh, texted me this week, giving me loads of shit, calling him out on the show last week regarding Carmucci. He sent me Carmucci. Yeah, he sent me a message saying, "Don't fucking call me out on the show." Well, I've done it again. I'll pronounce them how I want to pronounce them. That's the charm of the show. So Edmund Shabajan <laughs> taking on Jack Marshman. How do you think he's going to go? Um, the problem with Shabajan is he's 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 an undefeated guy, you know, and undefeated guys are tough. You know, he he found a way to beat Darren Stewart. It wasn't the most entertaining fight, but he found a way to win, and he's undefeated. So I, I think it's a tough fight for Marshman. I, I think right now Marshman should just be fucking delighted. That he's still in the he's still in the UFC because the fight with with uh, with John Phillips in London was an absolute stinker and I thought the two of them were going to get lashed out to be honest with mm. you. So the fact that he's actually on the prelims of the biggest card of the year, he should be thanking his lucky stars. But he needs a big performance and he needs to stop this guy's unbeaten run. But it's going to be tough. Mm. It's going to be tough. No, come on, let's not mess about then. Okay, where do you want to go? Main card? Uh, yes. Go on. Main card. I'm going to go from top to bottom. I'll go from bottom to top. So you're going to go from Chiesa upwards, yeah? Yes. Go ahead, Ed. I'm going to go with uh, Diego Sanchez. To beat Michael Chiesa. Split decision. <laughs> so sitting on the fence. Bit of split. Do you know something? The next fight that you're going to talk about yes. is so interesting because I want to know where Luke Rockhold is. Absolutely. It's all on where Luke Rockhold is. If he's at it, if he's red hot, he wins the fight. But how fucked up is he? I mean, he's had that many injuries recently. It's crazy, isn't it? He's been out for, what, 15 months, 18 months now? I haven't yeah. seen him for a long time. Go on. It was inevitable he would have to move up because of his size. I just think Blachevic is a tough dude, man. Yeah, man. Blachevic is no <laughs> fucking mug. You know, he was on an absolute tear before he got beat by Thiago Santos, and Thiago Santos has got a title shot on the back of the win over Blachevic. So, um, Imagine I think... if Blachevic knocks him out. It'd be so funny. <laughs> It'd be, the, it'd be the end of Luke Rockhold, wouldn't it? Really, you know, you can't Where reinvent he yourself. It's, he's reinv- he's trying to reinvent himself in a new weight division against a ranked guy. It's mm. fucking always a dangerous move, man. And Blachevic is totally undervalued. I, I think. Ho- I hope Rockhold's amazing. I hope he's amazing. Yeah, because it sets up a wonderful fight with Jones. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Go of on, course. go on then. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with amazing. I'm gonna go with Rockhold. I'm gonna go with Rockhold with something a little bit sensational as well. All right, submission. Sanchez, Rockhold, Masvidal versus Askren. Go. Don't you dare shit out now that you've just called me out. I'm going to go with Masvidal. He has to knock him out. 
Of course, he has to knock him out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Masvidal, ground and pound. TKO, TKO. Mate. First round. Where does that then put Masvidal in this weight category? Right in the fucking mix, I'm telling you. Fucking Right hell. in the mix. I just think he's buzzing off that he's win over Till. He's not even a welterweight. I know. He's a fucking lightweight. He's buzzing after that win over Till. He's thriving. And I just think Rocco uh, Askren is there to be hit. And I think Masvidal will hit him. He'll hit him early. And unlike Robbie Lawley, he won't let him off. I think he'll finish him. Are we agreed in the main events? Um, I'm going to go with Amanda Nunes. Sensationally smashing up Holly Holm in the second round. I think TKO, probably a mercy stoppage by the doctor. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go with a knockout in the main event as well. Which way? <laughs> Which way, you shit house? You can't do that. Put it this way, I'm going to be having a little cheeky look at the odds this week. Because... Oh, he's done it! He's done it! <laughs> Listen, if... He reckons this is the moment! If a little... This is it! Here we go, ladies and gentlemen! If a little obese Mexican can knock out Anthony Joshua... Oh, no, he's done it! And a Brazilian called Thiago Santos can knock out the greatest of all time. I'm telling you you now, it can be done. It can happen. And I'm certainly going to look at their odds. And if those Vegas odds are singing pretty to me, then I'm going to have a cheeky one against the greatest of all time. Oh, my days. He didn't. That deserves some tunage. That deserves a bit of music. Here we go. (laughs) He's called it. He said that Thiago Santos just might land. And if he lands... I bet you some big odds on that, you know. It's worth it. Honestly, it's worth a little cheeky flutter. Definitely worth a flutter. You dirtbag. You I'd, just I'd spent the whole of well. the show wanking him off. And Saying now you've said the greatest of all time. Out. There you go. Hey, it's a show business, not show friends. <laughs> uh, so Nick's picks Santos. Agreed? Santos by knockout. Nunez. Masvidal. Rockhold Sanchez. I agree with everything he said by the top one, but that is amazing if that comes out. You're going to get some mega odds if that comes off. He's the greatest of all time, John Jones, so it'll be, it'll be a huge upset, but I tell you what, you'll make a few squid along the way, and you heard it here first. Wow. Um, there you go. You, you, do you know something? He's done that purposely, just in case, on the off chance that it happens, he can come in next week like McGregor, walking in with the billy stroke going... Told you! <laughs> yeah, hang on a minute, but the other four fighters went the other way. Don't matter! I told you! <laughs> now, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Make sure you subscribe to this nonsense. Uh, we're available on iTunes. Uh, Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com for all your Android feeds and make sure you tune into us because me and Nick are actually doing live commentary <laughs> on UFC 239 at the weekend. It's got to be mental. Trust me. If you're getting the pay-per-view and you want some alternate commentary, just turn on TalkSport in the UK. Me and him, plus another, calling you through the fight. We might not even talk about the fight. (laughs) It could be carnage. It'll be hilarious. From about three o'clock in the morning, we're going to be doing it, yeah? Yeah, I'm just glad there's no, like, Damien Meyer type on this main card, are you? Some fucking heavy jujitsu match. It's him! (laughs) Stand him up, referee! That's exactly what the commentary's going to be like. So if you fancy a little bit of a laugh, we are you're more than welcome to come and join us from about three o'clock in the morning, live on national radio in the UK, we will be doing commentary. (laughs) Fuck knows why they've given it us, but that's what we're doing. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. you for listening. If you like what you heard, 
subscribe via iTunes.